What's up, Doc? Grab yourself a cold one, sit back, relax, Sportsmacher is on the air. And it's the only sports show that mocks. Sports Mocker is on the air. Maybe we should say back on the air. Happy New Year to you, Luke. Happy New Year, man. It's been a minute. It's been a little bit, that's for sure. Hey, yeah, I think it was the Munchkins from The Wizard of Oz that uh, that affectionately referred to uh, or said, Ding Dong, the witch is dead. And they were talking about the Emerald City and uh, Yellow Brick Road. I think it all leads through Green Bay. I'm pretty sure that's what the Munchkins <laughs> were uh, were talking about. And, uh, and in some sort of weird Type away, ding dong, uh, the witch is dead. The Packers uh, bow out early, and uh, I'm not sure why we're starting there, but <laughs> I have why absolutely not? no idea. I have no idea what you're starting with when you mention the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, it's like man, th- three weeks off the air here. I'm not sure this is how we bring him back on, but uh, right. And I'm, I'm yeah, only no. into my first Kona, so it's <laughs> so it's only going to get better from here. That's good. Um, yeah, no, the uh, I will say the the Viking season obviously ended a little. Um, with a less than desirable result, but man, watching the Packers get throttled by the 49ers um, was a sweet, sweet uh, consolation prize that, uh, frankly, I'm still uh, smiling about when I think about it. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think the Vikings fans uh, were optimistic, maybe is, is being generous uh, when we headed out to play San Francisco. Um, I think we all felt a little bit better about the uh, the way we performed against the 49ers as uh, as they absolutely dismantled Green Bay and and uh, and put a smile on our face by halftime. Yeah, that was um it, it was the, the most fun I've ever had watching a football game that did not involve one of one of my uh, hometown teams for sure. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting. The the Vikings I, they certainly didn't play well against the 49ers, um, particularly <laughs> in this particularly in the second half. Well, that's being very but, polite, right? Yes, that's me being uh, nice uh, for a minute, which is not normal when I talk about the Vikings. But um, played a hell of a lot better than Green Bay. I mean, that was, they were thoroughly dismantled. That game ended up what seventeen point victory for the Forty Nine ers. It might have, it might as well have been fifty. Yeah. Um, it was never a game. So yeah, you do have to feel a little bit better if you're a Vikings fan, just a, a tiny bit better that you lost to clearly the best team in the NFC um and played better than than our, our travel did so that that helps a little i guess i mean i know we don't want to spend a lot of time breaking down that game because it uh it it really at, at the end of the day it was the end of the season put a fork in us and and uh and we can start talking about next year uh, but you know i i think i have to get this off my chest i mean uh, did we get 100 yards of, of total offense i don't think so um <laughs> you know it, it it's a little frustrating to uh to think that uh that you know for the most part we've talked about the offense of have vikings have been pretty good this year and i know the 49ers have a, a a really good defense but the fact that that you know midway through the fourth quarter we had like 75 yards of offense and and uh, and couldn't get you know half an inch on uh on third down fourth down just just frustrating and and typical of of uh, of the Minnesota sports teams i'd say 
Yeah, you know, you come off a, a really exhilarating win the week before, which a game you weren't supposed to win. And then it wasn't laying an egg like we did in Philadelphia a few years ago, but it was kind of laying an egg, especially in the second half. So I do wonder a little bit. Um, we talked on the last podcast about college coaches and that whole leaving during bowl game season and all that stuff. I do wonder a little bit if Stefanski, you know, being in the midst of getting that Cleveland job and then trying to game plan for the, you know, probably the best defense in the NFC. Um, I do wonder a little bit about how much that may have impacted it. I don't think we win the game regardless. They're just clearly a better team than us. Um, but it, that game plan and the, the way the offense, it, there was nothing about that, that that felt good watching it, you know. Um, now, do you, so spo- just, do you suppose that that game plan was what was the final trigger for the Browns saying, oh, this is a great improvement? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they are the Browns, so that's actually, that's actually a strong possibility. It was it was definitely the trigger for people that I heard saying, "See you later, Stansky. I'm good. I'm good." Don't with let that, the door actually. hit you on the way out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and you, obviously you can't judge a guy by one game, but oof, I would have if he was the front runner, and they were kind of waiting to see, you know, what happened in the playoffs with him. It's a bizarre decision to keep him there, but um, yeah, interesting. So you know, let's talk a little bit about the Vikings and where we go from here in the off season. You know, already some some coaching moves on on Zimmer's staff and and uh, and let's talk about Zimmer himself. I mean, is is uh, is this program improving or is it uh, is it stagnant? Um, I always like to to look at at programs. If you're not getting better, then you're getting worse. And and uh, and I realize this was a playoff team this year, a, a team that won a playoff game, but I still don't feel like like this team is getting better. I feel like we were maybe marginally better. Maybe the league wasn't as good. Maybe we you know, snuck into the playoffs. All of those are fact. Um, but uh, but I, I don't feel like the Vikings are getting better. And, and, and you have to look at the head coach and, and, and ask, where do we go from here? Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a tough one for me. I think that it, I, I agree with you to a point that it doesn't seem like – I mean, if they've, they've probably peaked. I mean, we had the 13-3 and three year and didn't get it done um with Zimmer so the the biggest concern for me I guess is the the defense has been really good by the numbers for several years right but in the playoffs we've obviously had some clunkers um and more importantly you have guys on that defense that are aging now okay you've got guys who used to be like the young dynamic studs Harrison Smith and guys like that who are getting up there now um obviously Zimmer's whole thing is defense um so yeah, are you? I don't think the defense is going to be getting any better. I mean, you've got some some good guys up front that are young, but I just I don't know, man. It doesn't. I do feel like the window's closing a little bit for sure on defense. Offenses, you've got Cousins, you've got Cook, you've got two young wide receivers. So I feel like the offense is still on the upswing. Defensively, not so much, and that's Zimmer's thing. So that makes me wonder a little bit about where you go from here. Speaking of where we go from here, we're going to stay on Zimmer, but we uh, we had a take uh, from our buddy Todd uh, specifically on this topic, and let's take a listen to that now. Hey, guys, it's Todd here from the cities. Just wanted to call in and give you my take on the Vikings season. Uh, probably should have done it a couple weeks ago, but you probably wouldn't have been able to record much of it. So here goes. Um, number one issue I have, Mike Zimmer all the way. Um I think he's a decent coach. Everyone I talk to thinks, you know, we're we've got stability. He's a he's a good football mind. You know, our defense has been great. Um, in regards to that, I agree somewhat. The thing I don't agree with is I think our defense had some. You know, I mean, we had eight Pro Bowlers at one time, so uh, 
a lot of that has to do with the players themselves, not as much the coaching. As a head coach, Mike Zimmer, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows this number, but Mike Zimmer's head coaching record, 57-38-1. I mean, barely above 500. I mean, the the thing that kind of scares me is if you look at his six years as a head coach for the Vikings, every other season has been good or bad. So if he has a good season, he follows it up with an average season. This, to me, is Minnesota sports to a T because people are just satisfied with stability and we're pretty good and we make the playoffs. You know, at least we're not the Lions. But if you really want to make it, if you really want to play in Super Bowls and and be legitimate every year and not just make the playoffs, I think it's time. I mean, I the NFL's passing him by. He's he's old school. Um, not that that's all bad, but if you really look at it, offense wins games now, and and you've got to have an offensive scheme that is you know not you know sweep and and zone runs and you know and it's not even the scheme as much as if they get behind the in-game adjustments I just feel like you know if you're playing the Packers to be number one in the division to get home home field advantage in the playoffs you do whatever it takes to win I didn't see any of that when we're playing at home in front of our crowd and we lay an egg against the Packers same thing with the 49ers. I mean, you've got to lay it on the line. You just got to throw everything out there. Look at look at San Francisco. Look at Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee ran a fake punt um in their own zone. I mean, they didn't end up winning, but at least they had a chance and at least they, you know, it's like they threw all their cards on the table and said, "This is what we got. At least we gave everything we had." I just don't see that with Mike Zimmer. I also don't think he trusts his coordinators. He's never going to relinquish giving up defense, defensive play calling. And I don't think anyone really wants a coach with him. That's why he's pulling in his old friends. I know that's a lot, but let me know what you think. Thanks, guys. Okay, so like I mentioned, Jeff, um, I've kind of I've tended to lean more on the side of, of – Zimmer's a pretty good coach. We're usually in the playoffs or hanging around the playoff picture. Um, but Todd makes a couple really good points here. Um, I, I do think you can definitely look at some of those bigger games, um, Philadelphia, San Francisco, uh, Philadelphia three years ago, San Francisco this year. Um, he meant Todd mentioned the Packers games, just the, kind of the lack of in-game adjustments, the lack of, um, you know, really thinking outside the box. I, I do. I do think that's a pretty fair criticism. Um you know the 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 game passing him by, which which Todd mentioned, that might be fair too. I mean, he's obviously he's an old school smash mouth, run the ball, play defense kind of coach. Um, I don't know that a lot of teams historically, in the recent history, I should say, have won Super Bowls that way. Uh, but Tennessee made a hell of a run doing that this year. Um, you know, the Seattle teams from a few years back when Russell Wilson was pretty young had that stellar defense and and was there. Um, so I don't think you can't win that way. 
But I do think it's fair to ask those questions in a way that I wouldn't have said was really, you know, worth arguing a year or two ago. Yeah, I mean, the alternative to to where we could be, right? I mean, we're 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 dissecting a team that uh, that has gone to the playoffs and and has been competitive in the division and has put up thirteen and three records and has had the the fans on the edge of their seat thinking we're going to the Super Bowl. So I'd rather that be the case than the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions. I'd, I'd rather yeah, you know every year be in that 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 hunt. But there is the element of it's been years since we've gone to a Super Bowl, and uh, and and you 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 want your program to be moving in that direction. And I just wonder if we're if we're stagnant. And uh, and and I'm not I'm not necessarily fully there saying fire Zimmer. Uh, I, I think I am in the camp of saying that that the leash gets shorter each year. And and uh, um, I think I need to see more from him. Um, in particular, I think I think we really need to see more. Uh, from him next year, and and uh, and if we take another step back, or if we don't make the playoffs next year, then I think you really look long and hard at uh, is this team and this program where you want it to be, and and for Vikings fans, it's really simple: Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that, and I think that it probably makes sense. There was some chatter before the the playoff win against New Orleans about you know if we lose that game. Um, does he end up in Dallas and some of that stuff? I don't think the Vikings ownership is probably quite there yet, but I do think with that defense getting older, Cousins is on the last year of that three-year deal next year, right? So next year will probably be the ground zero year for Zimmer. If there's not improvement or they're not truly contenders next year, then I think they probably do look at going a different direction. Um, one thing that Todd mentioned, and he'd followed up with me separately on after saying that audio in, but he, he kind of made the point that, I don't even really care who the other coach is because a lot of people will say you get rid of Zimmer, right? Who, who's, who's the alternative? Who do you bring in? Um, and Todd has said a couple times when I've talked about this, I don't, I don't think it matters who the other coach is. I don't think that's a job that fans have to figure out. I don't even know if the Vikings have to say we're getting rid of him to, to replace him with this specific guy. It's just he's not the guy to get us where we want to be, so we got to go find the right guy. I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I thought that was an interesting take because I, I feel like most people would say if you're getting rid of Zimmer, you better have someone in mind who you know is going to be better, but there's not really any way to truly know that. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm probably best versed in in uh, in college football and and the Gophers, and and you know we hopefully Flex sticks around for a while because we are well versed <laughs> in changing coaches in the Gopher program. Yeah, that's for damn sure. And uh, and 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 usually you would have a you know two or three guys in mind. They might be unrealistic, right? But there was always those two or three coaches that were on the rise. Fleck being one of them a few years ago when we went and got him. You know, kudos to right. Coyle. But it, there's always been, you know, in college football, those handful of coaches that are the up-and-comers, the, you know, the game-changers when, when you know, they're, they're, they're doing things differently and, and, and getting great results. You don't right. always see that in, in professional football. It's a much different game. And, and, and honestly... It's recycled coaches. I mean, that's what it feels yeah. like is is really the recycled coaches, and and uh, and you know you're seeing it with with Kansas City and and uh, and the resurgence there, uh, you know, under their coach yeah, Andy Reid. Yep. You know, so yep. Yep. so you, you look at at colleges is different than pros, and and uh, and so I'm probably in the camp a little bit of of Todd of. I'm not necessarily sitting here saying here's the three names that, that we need to replace Zimmer with. Um, I, I, I am in the camp of, of uh, there might need to be a change. Uh, and for me, anyhow, that leash is getting shorter by the years. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still say you shouldn't fire him now. Um, still a relatively successful season. But yeah, I, I think that if there's not 
improvement next year with with the way the contract situations and the age of players are shaping up, then it's probably time to look at starting over one way or another. You know, so uh, let's talk a little bit about about uh, quarterbacks, and we don't need to to dig in on on Cousins. Obviously, he had a, a, a piss poor game against uh, the Forty ers Not not necessarily of his doing, but uh, um, you know, just the entire offense. But when you look at again the teams that win, it often comes back to the quarterback play. And and uh, you know, off air, you and I were talking about the Packers and uh, and the fact that that you know for fifty years now it seems like they've had Hall of Fame type quarterback play, and and yeah. uh, and the result has has been really good teams. Yeah, I mean, and and that's you know part of the the not to bring Zimmer up too much again, but it is interesting in this context we still haven't really had kind of that quote unquote franchise quarterback guy with the Vikings for, I mean, Dante Culpepper is supposed to be that guy way back in the, what the Mike Tice days. Um, but Zimmer's never had that guy. We've shuffled around. Cousins is kind of supposed to be that guy. Um, he's not at that level. I mean, he's a good player, you know, in, in certain situations, but he's obviously not at that next level. So um, it, it just gets to that point in football. I mean, how much, how much blame goes on the quarterback, how much goes on the coach. Um, you only have so many Rodgers, you only have so many Tom Brady's. We haven't had one of those guys. The Packers have, and oh, by the way, they've only won two Super Bowls with those guys in three decades of Hall of Fame quarterback play. Um, so it, it takes a lot to win, um, to win the big one. But yeah, I just, I don't know. The Vikings, it just, it's just the same. There's always something, you know. There's always something, even when you have really good teams. You know, I, I think this might be a fun exercise in the off season. Um, you know, now that the the Vikings are done, Gophers are done, we got the Super Bowl coming up. But a, a great exercise might be to uh, to really break down the Vikings' quarterback play through the years. And <laughs> this is kind of fun to do to to uh, to remember <laughs> all of the quarterbacks that that have come through the uh, you know the the franchise. Uh, you know, from from dating back to the Fran Tarkington era of of the, he was probably you know your your Hall of Fame quarterback and and. We haven't had one since. Yeah. Um, there have been yeah. some good quarterbacks that have, have played a year or two or come through the system. And, a and, lot, yeah. And, 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 and when you actually sit down and do this exercise, it's like unbelievable to think of the quarterbacks and the number of quarterbacks have, who have come through that's and a, started uh, for this 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 team. That's a really uh, – that's a good call, man. Like we could uh, put it out there to the uh, sports mocker faithful. Um, you know, who's the favorite quarterback – the Vikings have ever had it can be just a one-year guy because we've had plenty of those guys right um, I mean the, you know, your favorite Warren, Vikings Warren quarterback Moore, I mean, that nobody man. remembers yeah I mean Jeff George Warren Moon like I mean I forgot about somebody was mentioning Sam Bradford the other day but they weren't saying his name they're like yeah and then you know the quarterback got hurt and they had to replace him and I was like who the hell were they talking about and it was Sam Bradford <laughs> that was like three years ago and I didn't even remember that um you know so yeah that that's that's a that's a good call that'd be interesting so speaking of quarterbacks, uh, you know, obviously Tom Brady's not going to be in the Super Bowl this year, and uh, and and that's that's probably a plus for everybody except the fans uh, <laughs> out in in New England. Um, but obviously, you know, as as uh, as he's um, you know aged, uh, you know, lots of discussion now in the off season about whether he's going to stay and 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 play another year with New England. Uh, there's a you know a lot of speculation that uh, that he does want to continue playing football, but it might be for another team. And uh, and you know this is what I love about Sports Mocker. Uh, you know it's given us a a platform to to connect with other sports minded fans and uh, and friends from the past have come out of the woodwork, uh, including. Uh, one of our good friends uh, from years ago, Steve Sylvan, who's a Patriots fan, uh, lives out in the Boston area, and uh, he called in to tell us uh, uh, this. And let's take a listen. Gentlemen, 
Greetings from your favorite former colleague out here in New England. So, obviously, New England bowed out. I don't know that many people thought they were necessarily going to lose to Tennessee at home, but I also think that most people felt that this was not a Super Bowl team by any stretch of the imagination. As obnoxious as this is going to sound, I really think that people while they pay attention during the regular season, don't necessarily really ramp up and get invested until the Patriots are playing in the AFC Championship game. I know that sounds completely obnoxious, but when you've played in as many as they have, it's sort of become the norm around here. That said, I can give you maybe a somewhat hot take. Obviously, most of the dialogue now and discussion is around what's going to happen with Brady. It certainly sounds like after yesterday that he's not going to retire. So the big question remains is, does he stay a Patriot? Personally, I would like to see him go elsewhere. I think it would be really interesting to see that dynamic come into play where he's playing somewhere else trying to do something great with a team while Belichick tries to pick up the pieces of what would be remaining in New England. Not that we'd get the answer as to who helped who, but... I think that it would be pretty interesting. So, anyway, I hope all is well with you boys. I'm enjoying the podcast. Be well. So, first off, incredible to hear from Sylvan uh, and Luke. And incredibly, and incredibly smug. Yes, absolutely. I mean, th- some things don't change, <laughs> I guess, right? <laughs> um, Steve obviously has uh, has enjoyed the uh, the the benefits of being a Patriots fan uh, over these last few years. But but they, you know, he self admits that they are a bit of an egotistical uh, fan base. They and and rightfully so. They a bit. They, <laughs> They, they, you know, they have they've been to the Super Bowl. They've won the Super Bowl. They've been in the championship game. Um, you know, I think his his comment that uh, we don't even really start paying attention to the year until uh, until we get to the championship games. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. Enough said. Uh, but but his uh, his take that Brady leaves the Patriots and 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 really you know that he's looking forward to it. I mean, this is this is a guy that that has yeah. rewritten the record books. Um, and, and for a fan base to say, yeah, don't finish your career here, go somewhere else. Cause we want to see what you'll do against Belichick, you know, playing for another team and, and, uh, really interesting take and, and not the first person from, uh, from the Boston area, uh, that I've heard talk about the likelihood that, uh, that Brady does jump ship, plays for another team and, uh, finishes his, his career somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the likelihood part of it, um, you know, it seems more likely than not from, you know, sports fans who are paying more attention like Steve, um, but also just you follow any, you know, the sports reporting on this. It seems more likely than not, I think, that Brady goes somewhere else. I was really surprised to hear, a, I mean, a diehard Boston sports fan across the board um, be like, yeah, I'm cool with Brady leaving. I would. <laughs> I don't know if that's just like you're really ungrateful, um, really spoiled, or if it's just kind of like, you know, you recognize that he's older and maybe you have a better shot. Um, or it's just the entertainment value of who's better. Is it really a Brady thing? Is it really a Belichick thing? Do they fall apart without each other? I mean, that that will be pretty fascinating to watch. I just definitely did not expect to hear that from a Patriots fan. No, that's for sure. Although it is hockey season now, so I'm sure he's on to the Bruins. Yeah, he's probably yeah, he's probably checked out from football. That's a good point. And since um, I do get out to that area, I am going to make it a point, Steve, to uh, to take you up on that beer and uh, and catch up real soon. Uh, Kona Big Wave is my drink tonight, and uh, and and I'd be happy if you serve me up a golden ale when I'm out there. 
There's a lot of good options on the uh, when it comes to the uh, beers out in the Boston area, my friend. So just a reminder for our sports marker friends, uh, you can send us your take on anything going on in, in the sports world. Um, let us know what's what's on your mind. You can send it to us at the sportsmocker at gmail.com. Just record a, a simple message on your uh, on your iPhone uh, or on your your device and send it to us uh, you can follow us on twitter at the sports mocker uh, and uh, you can also make comments um, on our facebook page as well so we want to hear from you no matter where you live in this country no matter what your take is even if it's not on the vikings or on the minnesota sports scene uh, we do want to hear from you and we'll put you on the air yeah and it's pretty wide open i mean hell jeff talked about the wizard of oz to start the podcast <laughs> hey it's unlimited right <laughs> Speaking of uh, speaking of unlimited, um, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but we were. <laughs> <laughs> Go. I was wondering, but keep going. The viewers want, to, the listeners want to hear this. Actually, we're we're into basketball season, and and the possibilities are unlimited. If you're a college basketball fan, uh, games on just about every single night. Uh, the Gophers are uh, are making it interesting. Um, you know, we, uh, we 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 gave a little uh, little slap down to uh, Patino and and the Maroon and Gold uh, back a few weeks ago uh, as they were struggling coming out of the non conference season, uh, and uh, and I called them mediocre and uh, mediocre at best. They have. Uh, since beat Ohio State, number three in the country, they beat Michigan. They took Purdue to double overtime games that uh, that that you know we didn't expect that they would compete in. They're finding ways to be competitive and winning, and starting to look like a team with Daniel Oturo, with uh, Marcus Carr running the point. And then they go out and crap on their legs in games that they should win. <laughs> it's uh, it is it's 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 Minnesota, man. It's and it's Patino. It's Patino to a T I think um, again, like it, it don't you get these, these glimmers of like, okay, this is a really, Oturo is an NBA caliber player. That dude is, he's a beast, an absolute beast. Carr is obviously really good. Um, so you have these moments where you're like, this is a team that could be in the thick of it in the big 10. They're not going to be, they're not going to be Michigan state, but they could be in that upper, you know, top four or five on some nights when you see him play like this. And then they look like they looked in the non-conference, which is like an NIT, you know, first round exit type team. So I just, I don't know, man, I can't, I still can't wrap my head around what their identity is. Like, I I don't feel like there's an identity. And even this year with these talented players, um, two talented players anyway, when they win, it seems like those guys are just going off and you're getting incredible individual performances, right? But like you get into crunch time, like I watched the Rutgers game the other night and Rutgers was very clearly targeting specific matchups towards the end of that game. And they were up by 15 points most of the time. But they're, I mean, they're coming down and you can see the players have been coached and, to recognize matchups. And they're also running occasional set plays to get those matchups that they want. I never see that with Patino. I just don't. Like they run that kind of same motion offense all the time. Oturo, they, they do get Oturo the ball at the elbow a lot where he's pretty effective. But, I mean, you know, a junior high coach could figure that out with that guy. I just – I never see anything in close games, clutch moments, or when games are going poorly. We talked about Zimmer and a lack of in-game adjustments. I never see that with Patino. It just feels like if they win, it's because they've come out, they've, they've shot the ball well, and you got guys that are hot. I don't see much on that coaching side of things where I'm like, okay, this is – they won because of him. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, without question. Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of the basketball season left and, and uh, you know, we're still in January. We've got all of February, lots of really good Big Ten basketball games uh, on the docket for the Gopher team. They're going to have to get some wins. And, and I realize that it's it's not, you know, the, the tournament of old where, where you have that, you know, 20 wins was a must. Um, now it's all about the quality wins and they've got more data and, 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 and yeah, able, you know, capabilities to, to, uh, to, to, to sort of um, place teams based on, on what happens during the year but they still got some work ahead of them and and uh we'll see what they can do here over the next month um month and a half but uh and and speaking of the gophers uh you know the women's team uh under lindsey whalen um struggling now in uh in her second year in the big 10 um you know but but you know kudos to uh to lindsey she put her foot down on uh on their best player um, you know, Destiny Pitts and, and, uh, and Destiny has since left the program. And, uh, I, I, you know, we don't know all the specific details other than, uh, than, you know, um, they didn't see eye to eye and, and, uh, and Lindsay making the call to say it's my way or the highway and, and, and Destiny leaves. And, and I, I appreciate what she's doing to build the program and, uh, and she will be successful, even though, you know, they're not as good this year as, as they, as they were last year. I do think that she is making the program better and, uh, and we'll see that, uh, continue to progress. Yep. Lindsay Whalen will uh, forever be a Minnesota legend. So she's also going to get the benefit of the doubt and that kind of stuff too, which, which she's earned. Without question. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about cheating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do that. <laughs> How about that for a transition? That's a beautiful, uh, I'm, that's beautiful. I feel that's, like that's I'm cheating kind of myself every time I uh, crack open another Kona and, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's just a little slice of, uh, of heaven in a short bottle. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Transitions tonight are uh, the stuff of uh, journalism. I, I tell you, they sure are. So um, <clears throat> I was trying to give you a sign there, you know, see if you picked up on my sign. <clears throat> Your sign? My sign, yeah. It's like, is that a, a baseball pun on the sign stealing? Uh, it, precisely. I was seeing if uh, okay. if you were able to. Hey, we're know. a little rusty, man. It's been three weeks. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're a little rusty. <laughs> what have you been doing for those three weeks anyhow? Man, I just... <laughs> How much time do we have? Um, I don't want to bore anybody, but well, okay, that was about it. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of our listeners can relate. It's been just like three weeks of like dad stuff, you know, like really, that's what it's kind of been. Like tonight, I was chasing around two dance classes for my two daughters, first grade basketball for my boy, um, running back and forth between there and work, and somehow I didn't get home till like eight thirty, which is like a half hour after bedtime. Um, you know, taping podcasts at ten thirty at night. I mean, it's, it's just. I don't even know what I do half the time, man. I just feel like I'm always doing it. Well, just remember that enjoy every one of those moments because pretty soon you'll be. Uh, what I was up to tonight was uh, was driving around with my daughter, teaching her, uh, my 15 year old, uh, night driving uh, as oh, she's boy. preparing to uh, to venture out on her own uh, as a as an official driver, and uh, and was looking at uh, at colleges with my oldest to to finalize um, yeah, her see. plans for for next year. So it uh, it goes by all too quickly. Um, but enjoy every moment and, and, uh, and, you know, I know you are, so. Yeah, no, the driving thing, the driving in college and, you know, boys and all those things give me ulcers. Um, so, so I do very much, uh, enjoy the age my kids are at. I just, sometimes, sometime we'll have to have like a, a sports mocker show or segment where we talk about just kind of youth sports today and that whole culture versus like when we were growing up. Um, I just think, I think that'd be interesting cause it's, a, it's kind of a, it's a fascinating comparison and a lot of parents I talk to who are our age 
Um, sometimes we're like, what is going on? So yeah. anyway, that's an aside, but it would be an interesting topic some other time. Speaking of, uh, of college a little bit, you know, I played uh, college baseball and, and, uh, and this yeah, whole, told me once the, or twice. <laughs> this whole major league baseball <laughs> sign stealing thing, uh, is, Man. is, is of great debate, but I got to tell you, so, so let me, let me just start from the standpoint of, uh, trying to gain information on the other team, on, uh, on their pitcher, what, what his or, uh, his strengths might be, what, what, uh, what pitch he might be throwing that that's as old as baseball itself. And, and, uh, and so as far as, as trying to gain advantage, that was one of the things that we did all the time, uh, in, in college. Now we didn't have technology. We didn't have cameras. We didn't have, uh, you know, earpieces that we were wearing, but we did have signals that, uh, that we would try and give players. And, and, uh, it gave us, you know, an advantage, maybe in a couple, couple games, a couple times, uh, if you got on second base, you tried to, to relay, you know, signs back in and it was all based on, you know, one for fastball, two for curveball. It's, you know, like, like, uh, um, you know, hoping that uh, that they don't mix up the signs or what you're doing is, <laughs> is you know, is is hanging your batter out to dry. <laughs> but, yeah, screw, but, screwing but, it up. <laughs> but, but that was really the fun part of, of, uh, of sport um, and playing the game and, and, uh, and, and adding that extra element. What's happening now in Major League Baseball is an absolute abomination. And, uh, and I think that that's something that, uh, is well worth talking about and you and I will, will do so, but we got a couple of really good takes that uh, I want to make sure we get in. Let's start with Tim from Colorado with, uh, with his take on this situation. I don't know if it's as bad as steroids and, and player performance enhancement. I feel like that is just simply for performance enhancement. Whereas this, this, uh, cheating, this science stealing, these, these buzzers, are altering the game altogether and trying to make a, a difference in the outcome. I almost feel that's worse. And if there are players who are participating in that, uh, they should be suspended for the year, if not a little bit longer than that. Well, Jeff, anytime we uh, have a take from Colorado, I always wonder uh, how sound of mind they are when they send it in. Um, but uh, this was actually a very solid take from Tim. I think um, – I have heard a lot of comparisons on the Astros situation to steroids. Um, I don't think we need to rehash kind of the whole, you know, the whole background on, on, on the uh, Astros science doing deal. Um, but yeah, Tim makes Tim's point here is that the, the cheating is worse than this type of cheating is worse than the steroid cheating was. Um, and as much as I've been pretty anti-steroid, I mean, I had Barry Bonds and all those guys, I just had to test them and that whole culture. Um, I, I tend to agree. I think that you still have to go, hit the ball right when you when you're on steroids you don't know what pitch is coming um you still have to put in the time weightlifting and do these things that are going to maximize that right it doesn't improve your necessarily improve your hand-eye coordination or those types of things so i still think there's a a competitive i don't even know what the right word is man like a competitive balance that still exists even if people are cheating um with physical stuff but when you know what pitches are coming and you're able to use technology to do that i just think it's a whole nother level so i'm 100 with tim I think the players involved that have been proven to be involved, should, the hammer should come down on them too. I don't know if I'd say they're gone for a whole season or more, like he said. But if you're busting guys and suspending them for half a year for steroids infractions, I don't see how this is any better than that and it shouldn't be punished at that level. How about somebody about Pete Rose? I mean, uh, you know, you think about some of the players that were banned from the game. And, and uh, actually, let, let's, let's do this. Jason uh, from the 218 has, uh, has, has given us his take on, on this as well with, uh, with the Pete Rose situation. So let's, let's do that, and then we'll talk about it. Hey, fellas, this is Jason in the 218. Got a quick little take on the uh, 
whole Houston Astros debacle. And my, my perspective is, if nothing else, this proves that the, the penalty handed down on Pete Rose for gambling on his own team to win, uh, at this point, it's irrelevant. It should be forgiven, and he should be in his rightful place in the Hall of Fame. And as far as the, uh, I mean, the, the, the penalties handed down to the management on the Astros team is absolutely egregious. One year, that's that's such a bunch of crap. Um, when you see the stats that these guys had at home in that World Series run, batting 400, and then they'd go on the road and, and away games and they'd bat 100, uh, it's just it's beyond ridiculous. That is the absolute absolute epitome of cheating. I mean, I saw a pitcher uh, tweet on on Twitter that he would rather face uh, guys on roids than than people that know the pitch is coming and what pitch is coming. So, I mean, these guys it's, and nobody can claim a blind eye if they're wearing beepers or or buzzers or whatever the case is. And I haven't, I'm honestly haven't followed it entirely too close because it's, it's absolutely disgusting to me. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of where I see it. And also while we're on the subject of, of sucking, uh, Aaron Rodgers sucks. All right, guys, have a good one. Take care. You know, so first off, you know, Pete Rose was a, a tremendous player and did the wrong thing. And I think it's, it, it's all fair for us to agree that, that you know, betting on his teams and, and the potential for throwing games and, and, and contributing to that. But that was like, a, you know, a lifetime ago. And, and, uh, yeah. and I, you know, I think that, that, that probably a lot of people's feelings, um, you know, have changed as a kid. I loved watching Pete Rose play. I know my dad thought that he was a jerk, and uh, and, <laughs> <kinda> uh, <laughs> and you know, but but uh, as a as a young player, I loved the way that uh, that 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 he played the game, the way he hustled, the way he stole bases, and and uh, and you know, I I probably preferred to to imi- you know emulate uh, Rod Crew when I was uh, was was uh, was out in my backyard, but uh, there were plenty of times when uh, when I pretended to be Pete Rose and and. Uh, um, you know that never carried over to betting on games in college, because um, <laughs> I think we'd have just bet on us to lose. And so you, could, you, couldn't, uh, you couldn't find a bookie taking that Bemidji right. State uh, Beavers baseball action. From no, the, uh, no, there, there, right there now. weren't any sports books in America that were covering that game. <laughs> but uh, there probably are now. By the way, there probably is somewhere online you can bet on. Oh, I'm sure. Any, any, and all college sporting events now, if you really want to. So I, I, uh, I, you know, I think that it, it, it's a, it's a really good take from Jason, and and I do think that that you have to look at things differently, um, but you also there has to be some level of fairness, right? If 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 we're applying this uh, this rule to this individual, we have to apply something very similar to someone else, and and we do have precedent. You know, if you, you go back to the law books, you, you do have precedent in in uh, in what Major League Baseball did uh, to Pete Rose and and uh, have continued to uphold. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see how a manager. I mean, it, the Pete Rose thing is obviously a big deal, and I've I've honestly kind of gone back and forth on what I think about should he be in the Hall of Fame and how do you decide that and how does that stack up against Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa and now how does it how does that fit into this whole cheating thing? Um, but it is. I don't see how players on the field actually making the plays on the field 
um, and getting a a very significant advantage. Um, just look at the just look at the numbers, like Jason mentioned in his take too. I mean, it wasn't exactly a 400-100 split, but in a lot of cases, it was about you know 350 to 175, 200. That's a huge difference in your batting average and what that means. And when you can, you're a baseball guy, Jeff. Like the if biggest I- thing. The, the biggest thing is like if you if you can sit back and you know an off speed pitch is coming, it's not even necessarily that you're going to be able to try to tee up and hit that pitch, right? You're going to lay off pitches that otherwise would fool you, right? And in certain counts where you might get fooled, I mean, it changes the entire dynamic of the game on the field. And so if if Pete Rose can be suspended for trying to make money off the field, even though there was obviously a tie into the field, and guys who took steroids, minor leaguers who you've never heard of, can be suspended for a year. Um, or kicked out of the game, then I don't know how you can't have Altuve and Bregman and these guys um, have some kind of on-field penalty. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah, without question. Yeah, I mean, you cannot underscore the knowledge of knowing when a fastball curveball is coming. And uh, That's everything, right? And, I mean, and, that's everything when you're hitting. You know, for people who play high school baseball, it is different, even at the college level. And, and, and I mean, again, I played Division Two, not great baseball, northern Minnesota. We played in the snow. But we played against pitchers who threw the ball in the low 90s. And uh, and when you're you're sitting there trying to turn on a, a 92, 93-mile-an-hour fastball and they drop a 77-mile-an-hour curveball on you, you're out in front of it, you're check swinging. If you know that's coming, you are a much different batter. And, uh, and, and so it does make a difference. Now, now you take that to an extreme with really good hitters, really good players that, that, uh, that are able to adjust and, and, uh, and take that curveball to right field, lay off it, wait for their best pitch. It really does change the landscape of the game. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's huge. I mean, I, I do think it's probably worse than those other things we've compared it to just because of that. I mean, you're, you know, you're changing completely changing the product on the field um, and the outcome. And that's, they have to come down hard on it. And they, and they have, I mean, you know, so far you take managers out for a year, Jason said, that's not much. I mean, I think the suspensions and and the managers getting fired um, and that's a pretty significant consequence. But again, if you don't don't go do anything to the players involved, um, it's like the steroid thing, man, right. Kind of look the other way and put in place these policies. If you don't really enforce it with the players who did it, who really made the impact, I'm not sure that, that it's really going to stick, you know? No, fire that camera operator up in left center. <laughs> Make him pay. <laughs> That's just, oh. So, so uh, staying with the topic of, of cheating, um, something that the Twins are not going to cheat themselves on again this year is uh, is home runs and power, and they go out and get Josh Donaldson and uh, – and you know that's the big move. I think that many of us Twins fans were were, the, the were waiting big, on <laughs> the only big move. Yeah, it's a great move. I mean, obviously, no knock on Donaldson. I mean, that's the the one splashy thing we did. And um, yeah, that should he obviously he helps the offense a ton. I mean, he's been a, a upper echelon power guy for a decade, but um, he's also really good defensively. And as we all know, Sano is not um, no. rotating the other guys through. If you can move Sano to first now, Crone gone, and Donaldson steps in. Equal, if not better hitter than Sano. Um, certainly a better overall hitter. Power-wise, probably kind of similar at this stage of their careers. But you get his defense in place of having to stick Sano or rotate other guys through there at third base. That's a that's a pretty big, um, a pretty big improvement offensively. But again, the dude can't pitch, no. right? So <laughs> I'm still, you know, I just I don't have. I don't know. Unless the Twins make some splashy uh, pitching signings, especially with Garrett Cole going to the Yankees now. Um, you know, I'm not going to get too pumped up about the postseason chances, but they should sure as hell be fun to watch again. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, they don't get to play the Astros every game this year, so um, we can guarantee <laughs> that the, those those hitters won't know what's coming. <laughs> I can tell you one thing that's going to be really fun to watch, though, is what happens to those Astros hitters. Because, like, if you followed the a lot of the different pitchers in MLB who've weighed in on you know Twitter or radio shows or whatever, I mean, th- a lot of those dudes are pissed, right? Like if you you're uh, Phil Hughes, you know, the twins pitcher Phil Hughes is like, I want to go back and have my career numbers erased. And he was joking when he said that. But you've had other guys say, well, look at like, look at my numbers against these guys versus everybody else. Look at my numbers at them at home versus when they come to my ballpark. Like it's it's huge. You have the potential of you're costing guys money. Right. You may you may have guys who are in line for bigger contracts that have numbers that get a little inflated playing in that division. Um, I mean, you're impacting people financially there, too, potentially, if you're talking about pitchers that face those guys regularly. So I got to believe if you're Altuve, Altuve's a little dude, so he, he's a smaller target. Um, actually, Bergman's not that big either. <laughs> but those guys might be thankful that they're a little shorter and a little smaller when this year rolls around because I got to think they're going to have some heat coming up with their chin to start the year. Um, I hope that MLB and the umpires are smart enough to recognize big picture that you probably have to let that go a little more because MLB has definitely cracked down on that the last several years, right? Like the early warnings and all that stuff. Um I'm guessing with the Astros, at least I'm hoping that there will be a little more leeway and some messages can be sent because <laughs> when you're screwing other players, that's a different deal um, you know, than fans or other people being upset about it. The really cool part is we're going to start to see how it plays out here in not too much more time as uh, yeah. February rolls around the corner. Pitchers and catchers report in uh, gosh, in uh, just under a month, I believe, and uh, and we'll be back in the swing of baseball and and starting the uh, the eleven month gruel that is, uh, <laughs> is Major League Baseball, but it's going to be fun <laughs> fun to see what the Twins put on the field and uh, uh, and uh, exciting for baseball to be back. Absolutely. You know what is also back? What is also back, Jeff? Hey, it's time for our mocks of the week. Mock, yeah, ing, yeah, bird, yeah, 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 mockingbird. Alrighty, uh, so I'm going to start with uh, with a real quick one, and and uh, it, 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 I'm scratching my head over this. Um, maybe this is a sign of me getting old. Um, it was a great week to uh, to become a 49er. Uh, with the uh, San Francisco taking down the uh, the Packers, and yes, I did turn forty nine uh, this past week. So, um, but but as I've gotten older, I really wonder about these uh, these antics uh, by the football players on the field, and and <laughs> you know, again, what is it with with players emulating a dog taking a piss um, or taking a crap? I mean, Tyreek Hill did this. We talked about it uh, earlier in the year. The player that uh, that did it in the college football game that ended up losing the game for him. What? Is, What's with this dog bit, dude? I, I have no idea. Um, it's 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 just stupid. And Tyreek Hill was on his home field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, that's, that's again. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I'm gonna go. I'm going on a limb, Jeff, and say that I'm not sure that all NFL players, especially wide receivers, um, are the most thoughtful types. Fair enough. So I mean that that may play into it. I remember as a kid watching Billy White Shoes Johnson doing his six-shooter gun action in the end zone. I thought that was cool, despite what my dad said. Uh, they should just hand the ball to the officials. I would have thought like, your dad would have been a kid for that. Like, right. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> I do, yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Google Billy White Shoes Johnson. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll find a good thing and, and throw it up on the, on the Twitter feed. I'm going to do, do it right now. Billy White Shoes Johnson. Hold on. I'll, I'll do this. Uh, 
while we're in the middle of our mocks, I can multitask. Yeah, well, you you do that, and and let's go ahead and and uh, and take the mock uh, from uh, from Todd here on the uh, on the uh, uh, Pro Bowl. Hey, Todd, again from the cities. I forgot to add my sidebar. Listening to uh, the radio today and and looking on Facebook, and I thought this was a joke, um, but it's not, and it just goes to show how pathetic the NFL is with their Pro Bowl selections. Xavier Rhodes was named as a replacement starter, or not a starter, but a replacement for the Pro Bowl. The 125th ranked defensive back in the NFL this year was named to the Pro Bowl. I just thought that that pretty much puts an exclamation point on the season for the NFL. All right, so again, the, <laughs> this is actually distracting me from my googling because, dude. So let's let's just let's just agree that the Pro Bowl, the football, the NFL Pro Bowl football game means absolutely diddly squat now. Um, yeah, that should just be like a like a permanent sports mocker. Mock of the week is just the fact that the Pro Bowl still exists, so we can start there. Yeah, w- w- without question. I, I, and again, you know, remembering back to the days when they played it in Honolulu after the season, it was fun to see the players. I, honestly, I I look forward to that game probably because you know I hadn't looked forward to the Super Bowl, and well, uh, and because probably because Billy White Johnson was playing. <laughs> you got well, of course. I mean, so have you found him yet? I tell you, this I is, did. I did find him. Born in 1952, so to my point, um, return specialist. Wide receiver from 74 through 88. So I guess that would be when you were a kid, I guess. Yeah, but geez, at least, man. That's a long time ago. <laughs> well, anyhow, uh, I agree with Todd. The uh, Xavier Rhodes uh, uh, addition to the uh, to the Pro Bowl game, um, great for Xavier, not great for the game of football. <laughs> <laughs> he was so horrible this year. Like, I swear every single week I would get a text from somebody who was a Vikings fan in my world bitching about Xavier Rhodes because he was horrible this year. Yeah, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time that Xavier Rhodes was mentioned in a complaint about the Vikings, uh, yeah, dude, we'd be drinking a few more six packs of uh, of Kona for a while. Yeah, he. <laughs> I just that is the Pro Bowl is so stupid anyway, and, and Cousins made it as a replacement too. This this is like part of the the replacement announcements when all the players who actually should be there don't want to go there because even they know it doesn't mean anything. Um, so the whole thing is just kind of stupid anyway, but Xavier Rhodes is that that's got to be the worst one in either conference um, that I've heard. He was God awful this year. I don't, I don't understand that at all. Agreed. I really don't get it. I have no idea who, like who would have thought that was a worthy selection. I don't get it. I think they needed to fill a roster spot. Clearly, but Trey Waynes is better than him this year. And I don't even like Trey Waynes. Like, Maybe Terrence Newman can come out of retirement and take that spot. Remember, right. We were working that guy. We were working that guy out before. I think Marcus Sherrill has uh, probably missed the phone call. <laughs> that could be. We should have just had Antoine Winfield Jr. like slide up and take that. Right, spot. right exactly. He had, he had Actually, we're going to go down to the college ranks and uh, bring... we'll, just, we'll just pluck the best new back. Right. Seriously, Pro Bowl is so stupid. So that's an excellent take by Todd. Uh, perfect for the mocks. Um, so my mock this week. Uh, Again, several nominees. Um, I, I would love to spend the next 10 minutes just uh, mocking the Packer fans because, yes, I know they won the division and technically advanced further in the playoffs than us, but they won the same number of playoff games. The fact that, as we mentioned earlier, they've had 
three plus decades of consecutive Hall of Flame quarterback play and have only won two titles, which compare that with the Niners when they had the Joe Montana, Steve Young run, which was what, like 15 years, something like that, who got five. Uh, the Steelers have their four. Uh, Brady obviously has his six. So Packers fans are so smug. They've been spoiled with these two incredible quarterbacks, and they've still only got two. And frankly, Aaron Rodgers has not been impressive in, in the NFC Championship games for the most part. Um, blame that on the line, whatever you want to call it. When you're as smug as Packer fans are, um, I think you have to stand up and realize that he has underachieved. So I'm not going to go with that despite talking about it too long. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, the thing I'm going to go with is, so Jessica Mendoza, who is the, the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball announcer, um, not just her, but kind of her mentality, which I've heard from a few other people out there, is my mock of the week. So the, the Houston Astros thing, as we discussed at length, is, I mean, I don't know anyone really who thinks that that's okay. Everyone, it, it's a huge deal. Most people are saying it's worse than steroids. Everyone seems to agree. However, her big take over the past week was that she was really pissed at uh, Mike Fierce, the pitcher from the Astros who reported this. Like, oh, you know, that's not cool. You know, he went out and then he broke, uh, you know, clubhouse rules and betrayed his teammates and reported it. And she was super indignant about that and then kind of lacking the being upset about, I don't know, the actual cheating that impacted World Series and impacted player numbers and probably impacted contracts and all that stuff we talked about earlier. Um, so I'm going to go with her. I just, I, I can't, I can't really fathom a take where you expose whether you, even if you were a guy who did it, right? Like if, if it, you expose something that really changed the integrity of the game at that level, which is something we really haven't seen in baseball um, or any sport for that matter, um, I don't see, I don't see how, I don't see how the guy reporting it is like should be the villain i mean if anything it should have been reported sooner right i don't i don't get that without question it's yeah it just that that i just i thought it was like a joke when i first saw the headline like just bizarre so for me that's it um maybe not as exciting as some of the past mocks of the week but it just i, I don't get it and it's it's made her look completely foolish um so i'm going with that this week so 2020 is here. Um, you know, uh, it's good to be back uh, chatting a little sports with you, Luke. Uh, sorry that yeah. uh, we let a couple weeks slip there as uh, as life got in the way. Um, but uh, I guess many of our listeners can relate. <laughs> I, I'm sure they can. Uh, cool part is that uh, that although football season is coming to the end, there is uh, always more sports, and when there are sports, there are things to mock, and uh, and that's that's always the case here in Minnesota. Uh, always yeah yeah that's that's one thing we can we can definitely count on um it is 2020 jeff we're about three weeks uh three and a half weeks now from the uh, daytona 500 returning so i'm excited about that um and we'll be starting uh big news in the uh, nascar fantasy world we will be expanding <laughs> our league this year uh teaming up with another longtime league to uh you know get more money in the pot not that it matters because nobody pays me anyway um, yeah you're, you're all about money but, in the pot and yeah, uh well, and what that'd be, and what money what, that doesn't exist in that part. what uh, what uh, what does also doesn't exist is any more time for the show so. yeah. shocker yeah you and your nascar we'll get back to it here uh, real soon maybe maybe we'll give you a little time next week but that is it hey the boys are back sports mocker is back and uh, 2020 is here always good chat get to jeff